Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's Wednesday. We're back at it yeah. again. It's hey. the Mocha 2.0 boys oh, reunited back together on the middle of the week. It's we- home day. Gonna do some pumping with our significant others. others. That's how we made our babies. babies. That's why we are daddies. Yes. <laughs> Back again, Russell Talk Podcast YouTube channel for the the members, Patreon backers, our podcast listeners. You know how we start every week with the song. I still continue the song, even though Seth wasn't with us last week. And now we're back again with Seth E, Nyangi, back again, back in the saddle. How was your, your journey and uh, you know, viewing the Ayatollah of Rockarola live while you weren't with us last week, uh, it, it was an experience. Um, I wanted, I, I was tempted to message you to say, let's just say, oh, Sat got suspended, so we got Tempest in this week, just to see, you know, you know, because it's logical, it could happen, you can see it happening, me getting suspended for low viewership or whatever i don't know because <laughs> you know since i've come on board anyway uh yeah i had a good time jericho was good telling a story he got one fact wrong which is dean malenko was underneath a cyclope mask not halloween who the heck is halloween the reason why i remember cyclope i, I, I understood what he was saying the person had halloween colors so he couldn't remember the name so he just called it halloween i think he's remembering damien damien <laughs> Triple six or six six six. Why would they say in Spanish? Because I used to call him Damien six six six, but they call him Damien six. Whatever they say six say. Say say say. There you go. I'm gonna say you got Puerto Rican inside you. Please look at me struggling. You let me drown. <laughs> yeah. The reason I remember Cyclope is because it was I made a conscious effort to remember Cyclope, not Cyclops. I was like, ah, Cyclope. And I was like, why do I remember Cyclope? Because Demon Link was under the mask. Sat E here rambling on NXT. What's causing all this? You see that? I just flipped it. I side tabbed and I removed Uh-oh. my tabs. Yes, you did. You did a nice job of transitioning there. No, Listen, but I'm glad I could you, go on. I'm glad I do... you 
<laughs> I'm glad you had fun. You, you had a good time. Me and Tempest, we held down the fort. We gave the people some Canadian mocha, uh, you know, viewing. We got to talk about how we are um, getting used to the UK culture and terminology during North us. Americans. Being a, being a, a, a canadian and an american in mm. uh the uk so that was a nice good time and we talked about what was a good uh you know great american bash uh episode last week was it can't say the same for this week but what? that is that is what the main show is all about so let's get to it First of all, I want to thank Tempest. For a few of you in the chat, they were like, who are these guys? Where's Tempest? Well, Tempest came back last week. And for those of you like, well, is he back? He's so negative. You can't have it both ways, guys. Do you miss him or do you don't miss him? But thank you, Tempest, for like, what? 3,000 more um, viewers than we usually get since some of you jumped off the ship because we changed time and we changed skin tone. But yeah, thank you, Tempest, for filling in so much because he did a great job. He's entitled to his opinion. Yeah, we tried to be positive, but as you can see, SP3 could not logically untangle the illogical plot that unfolded. So hi, chat. I've missed you guys. Hope you missed me for a week. If some of you probably didn't, you're like, thank God he's gone. 3,000 more viewers. <laughs> that says a lot. I hope I can keep you. Maybe you guys are watching it now. You're like, oh, Tempest is not damn dipping. Don't dip. Give us a chance. <laughs> Give me a chance. <laughs> Every show I've been in, I've been on the chopping block. So I am paranoid and hot in the sun. SP, let's talk about it. I'm starting up now. Oh, man, that was great. I've been having to hear about this, ladies and gentlemen, that the fact that we got uh, 2,000 more views <laughs> last week than, than our previous week from, from Sat all week. Uh, that was the problem, that's guys. I, love... <laughs> I, that's why I love this guy. <laughs> no, you have to understand. You know, I was tempted. I was going to ask you, SP, uh, should, should we like dip and see what happens, what, what happens with the views and stuff like that? And I, I think I might get in trouble for actually mentioning it. Is it one of those things where you're like, don't highlight the negative as Paul Heyman say, let's talk about the positive. Let's talk about there the diversity. Go. Let's talk about the beautiful black content you're getting. Get more viewers. Watch us. We're actually really good, guys. And NXT is not all bad. And we're not always negative. So SP, you're the man. You're one of the hey, greatest. Some, you're the chameleon. Some people, here, some people say they they watch this show for the mocha. They don't even watch it for NXT. They watch it for the mocha that we bring, <laughs> the flavor that we bring, the references. I, I reference Homeboys in Outer Space one week. I remember that. Uh, and okay. Other things, so. C- can I ask you something? Because I realized I, I messed up, SP Gacy. I left my rope in the other room. Do you require me to put it on? Do you require? Of course I do. Of course I do. What are you talking about, sir? What are you talking about? Well, I'm going to set the table for our big topic of today, which of course is the worst ending in uh, NXT history. So yeah, you have time because we have to go over the beginning, the middle, and the end of the show because this show was all about Roxanne Perez getting her shot at the NXT Women's Championship 
and how that transpired at the end of the day. But we want to hear from all of you. What did you think about Chorus J's illogical heel turn at the end of this show? WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Send us those mocha chats. We love to hear from all of you. Your voices need to be heard, and it helps out the channel, helps out this video so, so much hearing from you because we love to hear from you just like you guys love to hear from us. But let's talk about this show. It kicked off with Roxanne Perez down in the parking lot with Cora Jade frantically just going around. We head over to uh, commentary and they talk about how Roxanne Perez has been laid out and injured in parking lot. Vic Joseph said, that this has to be Toxic Attraction. It has Toxic Attraction's name written all over it. Wade Barrett, uh, actually, Wade Barrett gave us the spoiler alert. Wade Barrett said it could have been a partner, could have been Amari Miller, said he could it could have been a number of people. Uh, backstage later on after our first match, we go to McKenzie, who interviews Cora Jade, who says that she knew they should have come to the to the arena together. Uh, Cora says that this has toxic attraction written all over it. Jade hopes that Roxanne can make it for the match tonight, but if not, those three biscuits will have hell to pay. Then we go to later on. On in the show, there's an interview uh, with Toxic Attraction where they're talking about the uh, the attack. All throughout the night, everybody's getting questioned. Everybody is a suspect throughout this night. We get the Toxic Attraction interview where they uh, where Mackenzie kind of interrogates them. She accuses them of attacking Roxanne Perez, and J.C. Jane denies those allegations. Uh, Gigi Dolan says things move fast in NXT 2.0. She, you could win a, a gold one week and waste your contract the next Mackenzie brings up mandy saying that roxanne might not make her title match and rose says when you're the champion you can see these things coming she also questions electra lopez later on in the night we get an interview with nikita lyons where she's also accused where she says that she's been getting dms and messages and people saying that accusing her of attacking roxanne perez because she had the most to gain but she says that's not her style lyons then says that if mandy needs an opponent she will put her gear on and take the NXT women's title from her. We also go into the locker room, the women's locker room, where they're questioning everybody, saying it could be this person. Amari Miller says that she wants a lot, a lot of soul poppers, so it's usually the husband or the boyfriend, but they don't think Roxanne Perez has either of those. And then finally, Flames. we go to the main event. The main event, Mandy Rose versus Roxanne Perez for the NXT Women's Championship. Mandy Rose comes out first. Uh, toxic attraction make their usual entrance the men in the crowd and i what i i should have noted this last week during the nxt women's tag team matchup it was very split crowd then with the men cheering for toxic attraction while you know the women and the and the kids were cheering for cora jade and roxanne perez last week and then this week we got a little bit of that again with the men chanting mandy when she comes into the ring rose says that she doesn't need their chance she says that roxanne perez isn't woman enough to suck it up and challenge her tonight. She says Roxanne couldn't beat her tonight anyway. We get dual chants with one side of the crowd saying shut the hell up and the other side ch chanting let her talk. Rose then says that she runs NXT and nothing will change. And then Cora Jade interrupts. She tells Rose to shut the hell up. Jade says her 
night isn't over because they were the fans were promised an NXT women's title match. And she says that if Roxanne can't go, she will step in and challenge her herself. Roxanne's music then hits and a referee tries to stop her. We then hear Cora tell Perez that she doesn't have to do this, but she insists on going to the ring. So Jay says, go kick her ass. Uh, Rhodes works over the damage uh, ribs of Perez throughout this matchup. The crowd is really rallying behind Perez. We get a Roxy two belt chant. Uh, Perez makes her comeback, even fights off toxic attraction outside the ring. Roxanne then hits pop rocks on Rhodes on the floor, and then she rolls her back into the ring. Cora is there rooting her friend on, and then we see JC Jane out of the corner of the ring. She tries to sneak into the ring. The referee is distracted by this long enough for Cora Jade to take off her NXT Women's Tag Team title and nail Perez right in the back. She turns around. She's all heartbroken. Like, why could my friend do this to me? And then Mandy follows up with a running rising knee strike for the win to retain the NXT Women's Championship. The match overall was good with, you know, uh, Roxanne Perez did a really good job of selling the injured ribs, making her little comebacks and getting the crowd behind her. And I will say, the the only good thing I can say about the finish is that it was shocking. Shocking that they can be this stupid this fast. This was microwave booking. Post-match, it gets even worse, ladies and gentlemen. Cora Jade talks trash to Roxanne Perez and says, I bought you here. You're selfish. And then Cora botches, hitting her with her skateboard as the skateboard was supposed to break. And on the way up, it hits her hat off her head and breaks the skateboard. Then she's supposed to hit her with the other half of the skateboard that's not broken, but she just throws it out of her hands and then her hat falls on <laughs> Roxanne Perez instead that <laughs> she starts hitting her with the half the half broken part of the skateboard she yells at Roxanne saying I bought you here I made you and that's how we close the show with one of like I said at the beginning of this show this is one of the most illogical and worst endings to an NXT show but my God, this is a botchamania worthy heel turn of all time. This is one of the most botchamania. And I, this is coming from someone who you can go back and watch the previous weeks. I like Roxanne Perez. I even see, I even saw, you know, the heel turn coming. And I said, we both said Cora J would be great as a heel. If it made sense, it makes zero sense to do this now, a week after winning the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. There was so many different ways they could have done this. I will give you the best way they could have done last night. But I wrote some. I wrote opinion. some. I wrote. I wrote. So, um, obviously, oh, UK time already in the morning. I was like. I'm so confused. Was I? Have I been in the coma for six months? I was right. She had lust in her eyes. Six months payoff. And I looked to date again. I've only been gone from this show for a week. But it feels like I've been gone for six months. And I came back. I went, CSP, all we had to do is long-term storybooking. But someone said, there is no time for that crap. So, it doesn't make sense. Only... Only because they won the tag titles. Had they not won the tag titles, sure, it's the Russian. It would have kind of made sense if they lost the tag titles. And he's like, hey, 
we lost the tag titles. All you care about is your title. You're so selfish. That's why I broke the skateboard out of the skateboard. You know, that would have made sense. Also, it kind of, the hints of why she did it happened when she came at the end. She thought it was WrestleMania 9. She was Hulk Hogan because she still had lust in her eyes. She's like, go on, brother. You got to face me for the title. But Roxanne was like, I'm not Bret Hart. I won't be duped. I will have my title match. So I think the grand scheme of things, the logical reason why she wanted a title shot, she fought a friend selfish. You don't deserve it. You got it too fast. I've been here longer than you, blah, 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 blah. How dare you get in front of me? That's the weird booking they're going to do. Does it make sense? No, I'm with you guys. It does not make sense. They had a great storyline building. Now, what are they going to do now for Halloween Havoc? Because they not blew it. They're not blowing through storylines. Mandy's going back on the main roster. This was the storyline that could have carried the division during the wintertime. I was looking forward to it. I said it. Even Cora J's conviction, when she goes, I brought you in. I enjoyed that. She could play Psycho really well. Her conviction as a character was great. It's just that it is six months too early. Or WWE booking. Sorry. It's three months too early. It should have been after they yeah. lost the tag titles, right? They could have lost the tag titles tonight and it could have happened. Like SP said, we've got a multiverse of options of what could have brought them to this. If it had to be fast, SP, you're the man, break down the storyline. How would you have done it? What I would have done, because it was it was fairly a little bit obvious that Cora Jade was the one that attacked her, even from the very beginning of the show. Show Michael Stribble H all over again, by the way. Can I put that in? Yep, yep. And that's how you know Michael Hickabottom is behind this. Well, good he is. Like, it's like, it was fairly obvious that it was her, but they could have, you know, hold off on the reveal. Like, why did we have a three-month storyline in two hours? We had a three-month storyline in two hours. You could have made this a mystery. Like, the one of the, some of the best mysteries that have happened in NXT. I saw the other day that the, the one of the greatest endings of all time in NXT is when Johnny Gargano was revealed as the guy that attacked Aleister Black. And that went on. I know Aleister Black was injured, but that at least went on for two months. That went on for two months, and it added layers upon layers. And it gave you a narrative thread throughout weeks of television and it built up to the moment. I did not like Johnny Gargano as a heel and it didn't make sense that he only turned heel to turn back babyface to feud with Ciampa again at WrestleMania uh, at the WrestleMania 35 weekend. But at the end of the day, it was a a narrative thread and it made sense when Johnny Gargano was revealed. I'm not saying that Cora Jade turning on Roxanne Perez doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense sense right now like you what you should have done is have the attack and Roxanne is out she's not going to compete in the match and Cora Jade replaces her they were almost there with completing this storyline Cora Jade replaces her Cora Jade still loses but then it becomes week after week who attacked Roxanne Perez you can have the different all the other segments that they had throughout this one show they could have had it in separate weeks Nikita Lyons playing the role of the rock in the stone 
Stone Cold got run over a storyline where she's the person that eventually beats Mandy Rhodes and everybody's like, well, it had to be Nikita Lyons then because Nikita Lyons, you know, didn't didn't be in the breakout tournament, didn't have the opportunity to verse Roxanne Perez. She, you know, feels like it was stolen away from her and then she goes on to beat Mandy Rose. She had the most to gain. She gained the most from Roxanne Perez being out and wins the title. She becomes the biggest suspect. And then you can have some type of an authority figure do the investigation, play the Commissioner Mick Foley role and kind of interrogate different people, whether it's Electra Lopez because of her connection with the mob. She could have been a part of this, whether it's one of the low level ladies that we saw in the locker room. Maybe they wanted to, you know, go up in, in progression. Toxic Attraction, of course, is the Triple H in all of this, although they're not the real Triple H because Triple H was behind the Stone Cold running over, but they're the most obvious, sub, uh, you know, suspects in this whole thing. But it could have been week after week of building it up. And then the eventual reveal is when Roxanne does cash in her contract and get her title shot against Nikita Lyons. It's Cora Jade that turns on her and costs her the championship. And then you could have built this up all over, at the very least, build it up to like right before SummerSlam, um, like, you know, either WrestleMania weekend or the end of the year, at least before Halloween Havoc or something like that. At the very least, at least go to Halloween Havoc with this. The fact that they blew off what could have been months of storyline in two hours. This is the most illogical thing I have ever seen. And that's not even taking into account the awful beatdown that solidified her heel turn with the skateboard breaking this is one of the worst endings of wwe television that i have seen you see how this has escalated in the first 18 minutes of the show i started off by saying it's one of the most illogical endings in nxt history this is one of the worst endings in wwe television in a while do you remember we were the podcast of positivity that's how much we're broken we cannot tape over the cracks but imagine if she did an Ahmed Johnson and joined Toxic Attraction in the end. Wouldn't that have been even more funnier? Because what you do with the tag titles, you know what, you know, you know what I'm kind of sense is gonna happen. So the tag titles gonna get vacated, obviously. Is Kaden Katana gonna win it in a match against Toxic Attraction? Maybe I'm hoping so, because now is the time for Kaden Katana. I'm jumping ahead, I'm just throwing that out there. If they're gonna do that, if all they're gonna do a big show storyline in WCW, the giant and Sting, they each get partners or whatever, whoever wins the tag is custody of both belts. I don't know what's gonna happen. Or they can do what MSK did. It's never happened. Let's move on swiftly. This this reminds me so much of Dean Ambrose turning on Seth Rollins after Roman Reigns announced he had leukemia. This was just a a heel turn to, you know, pop some buzz, pop some shock value. Yes, it was shocking when it happened, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense because Ambrose and Rollins won the tag team titles the same night that he turned on them. In this case, they waited a week after they won the tag team titles to have the, one of the, the members of the team turn on the other. It Yeah, it just... Oh, man, I'm so frustrated. Yeah, Booker of the Year, Michael Hickenbottom. I think Microwave Booking of the Year. Michael, microwave, either Microwave Hickenbottom. <laughs> microwave Hickenbottom does it again. Uh, SB, people want me to do that bit again. We'll do that bit when it gets to that thing about the mask guy. I'll do that bit because everyone's waiting for me to say it. 
coming up. Wait, <laughs> we, we've got we got segments. We've got SB Gacy coming up. We've got a mask guy, kind of familiar, coming up. And I didn't say it last oh. week. So I'll say it, guys, this week. Don't worry, guys. I'll say it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But let's get into the rest of NXT 2.0 from last night. Sad. The opening matchup uh, was Apollo Crews going one-on-one with Giovanni Vinci. This was one I was looking forward to after the setup last week on Great American Bash. During Vinci's entrance, uh, he finishes off his photos by heading to where Vic and Wade are standing to point to the camera. And Wade does the the Zoolander Blue Steel uh, follows while Vic is all confused looking at Giovanni. Uh, <laughs> I see you did it too. Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, Vinci also has some Bur- Burberry designer trunks and knee pads now. I was like, this is the improvement. These are the things we would want to kind of flesh out the presentation. Uh, Apollo uses his strength and athleticism to get the early advantage, but then Vinci gains control until we return c- from commercial break and Cruz catches Giovanni with a drop kick in midair. Cruz reverses the last ride power bomb. He gets an insecure and then follows with the chariot. But uh, Vince, uh, Vinci rolls to the outside. A fan in the front row takes a photo of Giovanni. So he takes his camera 
camera away. This distracts the referee long enough for Zion Quinn, who's been standing in the crowd this entire time. I didn't realize it until they showed the highlights before. I was like, you just look like a fan for this guy that says he screams WWE superstar. Um, This distracts the referee for Zion to come out of the crowd. He hits Apollo with a forearm, which allows Vinci to hit the sit-out last ride powerbomb for the win. I thought the match was really good. They had pretty good chemistry with each other, and but very surprising they had Cruz lose in his first singles match back on NXT. What did you think, Seth? They stripped away of everything that made Apollo Cruz what made his return great. His theme song bangs. His old theme song bangs. Apollo, you know who it was because the name screamed in the beginning, so you get excited. And he had the one before that. Sure, you don't want to give him the African version. Got it. But the original version before the African version, that was great too. They're coming back to that. Now they give him a generic song. He comes out. Heck, he doesn't do the same uh, pop corner pose anymore. He's not raising his fist in the air. And yeah, he's still get Apollo chance, but it's not as loud as it was when he had that song. That's a hype, people. Do you remember when he first came back? It was like the second coming of something incredible and now he's like that's so apollo he's getting premonition where was the premonition for this match huh that gimmick could have come in handy now he could have saw it oh no exion's in the crowd don't pick up the phone but no that didn't happen uh the match itself um I put down two bold freak athletes because they are pro- probably like mirror images. Although Apollo's labeled to be what six foot tall and Vinci's labeled to be six foot tall, Apollo Crews looked more 5'10 in that match, unless uh, Vinci's wearing uh, um, lifts or, or whatever. I felt, I felt like the first half was like a feeling out process. It was kind of like very standard, basic TV match esque. So I got worried at one point. I was like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. But when they, they got to the second half of the match and when things got quicker, the pacing got quicker. Uh, at one point, we had, uh, was it Vinci? He went to the springboard and then Apollo just, he just, was it, he, he hit him with a, was it a drop kick or something like that? He just like, yeah, drop springboard counting yeah. to a drop kick. I was like, now the match is getting into third gear, like second and third gear. So yeah. I can't wait for them to fight on like a a uh, a takeover or whatever cause they do nowadays. Have a longer match. I felt like it was like a nice taster of what could be done between them. And yeah, Apollo losing, albeit it was kind of a distraction. Uh, Vinci needed it more because it's kind of it's one of those matches where it happened too soon, but you can't yeah. back out of it now. It's like Apollo needed a victory. Vinci's on the upswing. You can't let a new old character lose in the beginning. And it is a signature victory he can hang his hat on. This is a former Intercontinental Champion. This is a guy who's been in WrestleMania, as it was mentioned. So it's a big deal for Vinci to win. Should Apollo Crews lose? No. But at the same time, these two guys are going to add to the main event scene because this is what you need right now. So it was a great match. Yes. It seems like they changed plans to me because it seemed like when Apollo Crews came back on here, he was destined to verse Braun Breaker at like the next big NXT show, which, uh, you know, reports, uh, I think from Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, was that it's going to happen in August. It seemed like that was going to be the match, Apollo Crews versus Braun Breaker. But from the ending last week with uh, JD McDonough attacking Breaker to what happened with Crews this week, it seems like those plans have changed. But 
it's time to talk about one of my favorite segments, favorite characters on this show. We see we go to earlier today. We see <laughs> Tiffany Stratton at an upscale nail salon. And she says, and I quote, I wrote down the whole promo for everybody because I said I would do this. OMG, I so needed this after that atrocity last week. I mean, you saw I was attacked by some crazy girl. I found myself having to crawl on the floor, the dirty, disgusting warehouse floor. I haven't even been able to look at my nails. There's still dirt under them. Look! Ah. Oh. Don't even get me started on my gear or my hair. But in the end, as always, I prevailed and overcame the odds. And that grown-up child, Wendy, Wendy Chu, she is so obsessed with me. It's like not even funny. It's more borderline creepy. I need to leave Candyland behind because I, Avi, want to see who wins the Women's Championship tonight. Oh, these look great. Thank you. And then she goes up to the front desk uh, clerk and says, uh, yeah, she wasn't the greatest of all time, but I'll spare you the bad review. Toodles. That was the nicest she's ever been to someone. I'm just going to go, yeah, gonna go on the record. It's the nicest. It Even if, the backhanded compliment, there was a compliment in there. That's that's saying she never does. And she acknowledged she had bad hair at one point, right? I feel like when she's going to spill, she's like, and my hair, blah, 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 blah. My gear and my hair. <laughs> so something came into my mind, yeah? This is more, I shouldn't fantasy book, because I feel like nowadays, wrestling fans come up with better ideas than the book is sometimes. I don't know. So uh, later on, we have Malik Blade and just Sanofi wrestle and Wade Barrett mentioned how they got strong social media game and I always said that how the tag team needs something to add to the presentation they could just be social media influences associated with Tiffany Tiffany's goons just them free doing stuff that could be fun see it's an idea I shouldn't think about it because now I'm depressed because it's not gonna happen no, no you're depressed Get it to it's myself. <laughs> this is wrestling fans this is us when you put expectations in your head and that he's like no 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 put it down here put it down like, here we're, we're never gonna meet that let it go yeah. um <laughs> next we got an in-ring promo uh from cameron Grimes out to the ring looking very despondent after losing the nxt championship match last week the fans clap for him and chant to the moon this was the probably the most behind i've heard the fans behind cameron grimes since his whole like character change uh grimes says he really wishes he could give you an excuse as to why he didn't win the nxt championship but he can't Cameron says he trained, he hit the cave-in, but the three never came. Uh, Grimes says that the uh, Braun Breaker is at home in a sling right now, but he still has the NXT championship. Cameron talks about all his failures and thinking that he was going to the moon, but he crashed into the sun. Out comes J.D. McDonough to interrupt. J.D. Uh, says he hates to kick a guy when he's down, but let me kick a guy while he's down. <laughs> he tells Grimes to wrap up the pretty party and do his crying in the back. McDonough says the whole game changed when the Irish ace walked through the door. He fooled everyone who thought he was debuting this week by showing up last week. I guess. Uh, Grimes says... I did it better. <laughs> Grimes says he heard about you calling, uh, heard about, uh, you know, J.D. McDonough calling himself the Irish ace, but he can speak for the people by saying all he sees is an Irish a-hole. McDonough headbutts. 
<laughs> McDonough headbutts Cameron, which had to hurt, but Grimes still recovers and he, he looks like he's about to hit the cave in, but JD rolls out and that sets up a one-on-one match between McDonough and Grimes for next week's show. What did you think about this segment? Did you hear Grimes yelp at, in the end when he was shouting at him? That I think that was he shoot angry because that was a great intensity. Can you come back? He's proper like he, it wasn't. It was proper like a, 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 two women having a scrap fight. <laughs> someone clawed in someone's face and someone's just in their feelings. You come out anyway. Um, JD McDonough has helped save the main event scene. That's what he needed. Yeah, we wanted Apollo Cruz uh, versus Bron Breaker, but you know they're realizing we're running out of people. I mean, let's just space out the food that we have. Let's have portions so jd mcdonald it wasn't like he came out from north american because i'm tired of hill versus hill stick that's been happening in the north american title scene the main event scene there's a there's a baby face who need heels it's kind of like you need to you know replenish so i'm happy jd mcdonald is a breath of fresh air in that division and he reminds me of seamus in his promo style which is good because seamus is one of the better talkers on the microphones when he said grimy i was like that's like a seamus thing to do we mix someone's name but hammerhead with that headbutt ha- happened i was like i need insurance of that Head, that, that headbutt looks lethal and i don't care he's got a hammerhead his head's bigger than his body i know some people were like offended but i'm just telling the truth he's got a big head i'm not lying i'll be lying if i said he has a small head i don't i'm not trying to lie to you guys you see it like i see it his head is big i could I, he, I couldn't believe there was a lot of comments that were offended by you going ham on the on his head so, but put down his whole name and on, on google and see if you still defend him but yeah you know, he just headbutted it. I was like, oh, no, Grimes. You know what? Before I forget my, my train of thought, because it does happen sometimes, guys. Uh, Cameron Grimes has talked me into hoping that this storyline is about him actually getting the title. Even though it's not, he's going to lose to JD McDonough next week and probably, who knows, continue to mope. He's he's become like the gatekeeper. He's taken over Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa's spot as the gatekeeper of NXT now. They could have just made it Roderick Strong because better than what Strong's doing right now. We'll get there in a moment. This is like speaking of which, yes, yes, speaking of which. Backstage, the Creed brothers and uh, Damon Kemp are watching tape from last week's tag team matchup. Uh, Creed's give Kemp some advice on his loss, which he thanks them and says that he would love to run it back. And in comes Roderick Strong, who is just ashamed of Damon Kemp for trying to run it black, run it back. He Ooh, says, that- "Run it black." <laughs> He blames Kemp for the loss and he challenges Damon to a one-on-one match next week. And I was just like, oh, Roddy, just picking on this poor dude now. He can't get a win against anyone else. So he has to, he has to pick on the guy in but Diamond Mine lose. that loses more than him. He's going to lose. The, the thing is, yeah, they're booking him like he's what, Jamie Noble? They're booking him like he's this non-threat. It's kind of like Chris Jericho from 1998. It's like Roderick Strong is going to play the part of Chris Jericho from 1998, where he is too delusional. Like, he's too... They're portraying him as too big for his boots. But it's like, we've seen his entire NXT run. He's one of the only guys who has to say, I've won that title, I've won that title. The only title I haven't won is the NXT title, which he should be... He should be helping that division. Yeah, he's putting people over... I feel like he should be putting, putting people over. That's on his 
they, they will never be on this level. They're on the rise. Like a Bron Breaker would be great with a Roderick Strong. I think Roderick already lost to him. But yeah, Cameron, yeah, Cameron Grimes would have a great match with Roderick Strong. Heck, JD McDonough would have a great match with Roderick Strong. Apollo Crews and Roderick Strong. They haven't touched hands in NXT yet that I can remember. So there's so many things that can do for Roddy. So every time I say diamond mind scene, I'm like, oh, this is like a definition of cucking someone. Are right, they going to cut Roddy even more? Than they already have because now I'm with you now for weeks. I'm like, he's the leader of Diamond Mine, but I'm like, in my heart, he's the leader. But my eye says, he's not. They're all like, even I, I said it, I said it last week. I came up with the best analogy for Roddy Strong in Diamond Mine it's like a family that lost their father, Malcolm Bivens, and now the older brother who dropped out of high school and has been working at the car lot for the last 10 years is trying to be like, I'm the man of the house now. While his yeah. two younger brothers who are going to college, who are graduating from college with honors, who are like the star athletes about to go to the NFL and the NBA, they're the ones that are just like, why are we listening to you, bro? You've been in the same spot for 10 years and ain't going nowhere. That's horrible because how he's booked and you look at his resume, legit, in NXT, the only title Roderick Strong has not touched is the NXT title. You should be putting respect yeah. on this guy's name, but they've botched 2022 for Roderick so hard. I'm still on the Roderick Strong train. I still am. I'm, it's lonely I, nowadays. <laughs> I am not I am not criticizing Roderick Strong, the performer. He's, yeah. still, he's still a fantastic professional wrestler. I am criticizing Roderick Strong, the character they are presenting every Tuesday night on NXT. It's not him. That's, I refuse to believe that he looks like Roderick he even talks like Roddy. Nate <laughs> Roddy. Um, back from break, we get Mackenzie interviewing Grayson Waller, who says that if last week's match was based on points, he would have been up. And it, Grayson then says that Mackenzie wants to blame Wes Lee for his loss last week, and she's right. Uh, Waller tells Mackenzie to give Lee a piece of his mind when he sees him. Uh, when she sees him, and then Grayson says, "Back to you, Vic and Wade." So I think we're going to get nice. Wesley versus Grayson Waller. So that should be at least interesting. Then we got a uh, women's matchup. We had Tatum Paxley going one on one with Caden Carter with Katana Chance. Uh, when Caden has an early advantage, Ivy now comes out to support Paxley. So we're seeing that formation of that tag team we heard about in the rumors a couple of weeks back. Carter uh, locks on the trailer hitch at one point on Tatum and she fights through the pain and gets to the ropes. After some words of wisdom from now on the outside, Paxley gets the win with a roll up on Carter. I uh, this was a developmental match. It's it wasn't too offensive, but it was just kind of there. But the real story is the further formation of the team between Ivy Now and Tatum Paxley. That is true. It was more storyline than a match, but I did like the standing whisper in the wind that Tatum Paxley did. Shout out to that and a nice uh, baseball drop kick uh, from Caden to Tatum. So those are the two highlights <laughs> I enjoyed in that match. It was a match. To further story, like we said, so we don't, we don't, we're not offended by the short match. It was, it is better the way it was before it outstood its welcome, and we may be looking at future tag team champions, the two women from Diamond Mine, or potentially if Tatum does officially join. That that kind of makes not sense, but as in, at least we have that as a backup when the title does get vacated or whatever. I, and it'll I make sense for K and K. It'll be funny if Kaden Katana again, a new makeshift tag team goes over them so that would be a great storyline then they actually beat them so that i would actually like that because anything that connects a storyline tissue for me is better than 
forgetting a storyline point and just dropping it. I love this comment here from Tails P, who says, uh, <laughs> "That's what Roderick <laughs> leading Diamond no, is." On, guys. Yes, it's X Pac. It's X Pac leading DX. This is not X Factor. Whatever. That no, is great. No, it's great Rod- stuff. No, it's it's Rod- Roderick is a killer. That's the problem. It's not. It's not X Pac. This this is. It's, it's like Bobby Fish leading. I mean, I just, you know what? No, nope. I give nope. up. Uh, <laughs> I see. I give up. I give up. I tapped out. I tap out. That's a former RH world champion, guys. A former PWG champion, but I give up. You, you know, I'm sorry. Sorry to sorry to tell you this. No, uh, you know, you're RH young boy. I'm disappointed. Yes, exactly. Commentary is about to talk about the big championship match later on tonight. When we hear a voice say, "Joseph, Vic." Vic, and it is of course, love is blind. The grass is greener on the other side. Joe Gacy is here, and of course, he is here to send his message. And he says, Excuse me, I humbly apologize for the interruption, but this message is too important to fall on deaf ears. There has been a breakthrough among the schism. These two brave souls have finally reached the point of comfort in revealing their true selves. Next week, a cleansing, a purification will take place and hopefully we'll see and understand there is plenty of room in the shade under the schism's tree. Thank you for your indulgence. Love is blind. The grass is greener on the other side. So sad. First of all, they are no longer the dyad. They are now the schism. No, no, they are still the dyad. No, I assume the tag team. So the, the, the tag team is the dyad and the group is the schism. Boom, because he's not a dyad. You know what dyad is? He's a druid. I'm not going to call myself a druid. I'm like, you two are backup dancers. I'm not calling myself backup dancers either. I'm the leader. This is my group. It's called Schism. So guys, remember, the dyad, because when they're wrestling match, they need names. It's the dyad. Because Gibson and Drake are getting new names. That's what the cleansing means. So get ready for some weird convoluted name, like, you know, Eggnog and and, and Fill My Fold. I don't know. Like, they're going to have weird names, you know, you know, grassroots or it's going to be pudding. like retribution. Basically, it's going to I, be I so. and mace. Because the clue was there. He said cleansing is they yeah. going to reveal themselves. It'll be like we'll be like, wait a minute, it's them. You know, like they used to be grizzled. <laughs> you do the Wade Barrett impersonation <laughs> too well. <laughs> I am English, you know. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I just realized. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like they're gonna do the whole thing where we're, we're gonna recognize them, but they're now they got new names. I think is it is the best way to have us buy into new names without us getting mad that they got new names. No, it's Drake and Gibson. It's Drake and Gibson. No, it's not Drake and Gibson anymore. It's you know tea tree oil and lavender. Like, whatever name they're going to get now. I'm getting ready for it, guys. I'm helping you guys to know that their name may change. If it doesn't change, oh, good on Michael Hickenbone for not doing that. But in my heart of hearts, there's this new edict. They need new names. So Teach Tree and Lavender of the Schism in the ring of the Schism. I'm getting ready for it. I'm calling, I'm calling them Teach Tree and Lavender now. That's it. <laughs> 
right? Tea tree and lavender. And, and Diane, tea tree and Diane lavender. Gibson looks like a tea tree to me because he's tall, taller. And lavender, Drake, you love leave your long hair lavender. He's a lavender, isn't he? You know? Lavender, <laughs> mango. Um, <laughs> and orange. Or, earlier, we see earlier today, we see highlights of last week's barbecue that kicked off uh, the Great American Bash, where Sanga yelled cannonball before going in the pool. And then we see Sanga and his ladies are watching when Duke Hudson approaches, still mad, and they set up a match for next. Uh, before we get to that, though, we head to the bar where Josh Briggs and Brookinson and bartender Fallon Henley are living the good life with the NXT UK tag team titles. Incomes pretty deadly. We're in their, their country, the country cowboy hats and attire, and who say, how dare they bring those pretty titles into a dump like this. Uh, all the people are staring at them, and they said they've never seen two tasty snacks like us. Uh, Briggs and Jensen <laughs> say they came in. Uh, they came in, but they're going to have to fight their way out of the bar before they can get into this brawl. Bartender Henley gets on top of the bar and says that this ain't happening in their brawl and says that they will settle things in the ring next week, and that sets up an NXT UK tag team title match for next week's show. SB, since you've been in the UK, are you familiar with a show called EastEnders? I, well, I've been, I've been aware of that show, not just since I've got, I've came to the UK. <laughs> Good. So I'm going to give you an EastEnders reference because they're in the pub, because there's a pub in EastEnders. I wrote down Fallon Henley channels her inner Peggy Mitchell. What was missing was her saying, get out of my pub. That was a catchphrase, by the way, because all these things, SP's like names, Mitchell's in there. Get out of my pub. So yeah, because Peggy used to do that. She it, when it used to be chaos, she'd be she'd be like, right, get out of my pub. So Henley, when she got up, that's like, oh, she's telling her in the Peggy Mitchell. For everyone in the UK, this is for you. For everyone that watch it online and in international around the country, this is for you. Send us <laughs> reference. R.I.P. Barbara Windsor. Mwah. There you go. That's what Sat's here for. Um, Sanga, Sanga versus Duke Hudson is next. Uh this match wasn't very good. Uh, it wasn't it was, the worst match on this show. Uh, but it was better it was... than Sanger's previous match. Okay, yes. Yes, Duke Hudson is slightly better than Zion Quinn. Uh, Sanger has new gear, though, with no Braun Strowman slash AOP gear anymore. And instead, he has black trunks and gloves like he's an Indian Goldberg. Wait, uh, Hudson... wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, I'm trying to cut you off, but you've seen this before. He, this is the second time wearing it. Is it your first time just... Is this it's my first time realizing it? First what? time it registered no. for me. Uh, Hudson... No, but you know what? I'm gonna let you finish because I'm I'm worried about you. I, I made a joke and everything about Goldberg '98 and everything. You, I guess, no soul did. That, that, that uh, explains it. <laughs> Hudson starts trying to pull out Sanga's chest hair at one point. Uh, Wade brings out uh, brings up uh, Duke Hudson possibly joining Maximum Male Models, which I I had to put in my notes that might be the move to give uh, Hudson a spot on the main roster for real. Uh, Sanga... personality, but yeah. <laughs> It does. Uh, Senga eats uh, Duke Hudson's big boot and no-sells it, and then he hits the choke slam for the win. This was a very, very basic big man battle with Senga the Thunder continuing his push, and the CWC even chants Senga's name post-match. So it seems like he's getting over, I guess. 
We like Sanger. He needs another gear change. I think he needs like long pants or something like that. I don't I don't want to be like, oh, he needs Sabu-esque pants, but that would make him look cool, a bigger version of Sabu. Like he needs something that that like not like he doesn't be doesn't have to wear like his counterpart, but he needs something spectacular for guys big like his size. What he's wearing right now is kind of underwhelming. He needs something that makes him look imposing and it looks dynamic and true to his character. Heck, even give him like cut dress shirt and pants, something that makes him look cool, suave. Give him some suspenders with a cut shirt because he likes doing the facial hair thing and he's a ladies man. You know, give heck, give him pajamas like Big Daddy Vis. You know, give him a pajama like Viscera. Something that makes him stand out, you know. Do you, you know what I'm trying to get at? He needs outfit yeah. that makes him go, look at me, I'm Sanger, ladies man extraordinaire. So what I realized Sanger's doing, Sanger is beating up wrestlers that Vince McMahon would love. And Sanger doesn't like people from Australia because the, the last person he worked for was from Australia. That's long-term storybooking in my head. <laughs> Michael, Bo- Michael Hickenbottom, Booker of the Year. Yeah. Uh, backstage, Mr. Stone talks about uh, Vic Joe. Uh, well, Von Wagner being a three-sport athlete, and Sophia Cromwell talks about him choosing football. Uh, Wagner tells Stone to shut up and says that this is a fight, and he's going to prove he's tougher than Solo Sokoa. Uh, Solo, Solo says that it's go time, so let's get it. And that brings us to our matchup between Solo and Vaughn. The fight be- between the two men starts during Wagner's entrance when Solo attacks him in the entranceway. Wagner works over, gets the heat on Solo before he makes his comeback. Once again, does the look into the hit the running hip attack in the corner although his running hip attack his running hip attack is a tier lower than tony storms just just want to put that out there um the two men the two men fight on the floor leading to a double count out this was yet another very basic developmental matchup with the with the feud continuing between the two men and then post match officials come come down to separate the two uh, as they brawl as they continue to brawl and then later during the uh, segment with the women's locker room we see them fighting into the women's locker room and then even later in the show they fight into the parking lot the officials finally separate the two men and then uh, Mr Stone talks tracks to Solo who picks up Mr Stone and throws him into a nearby dumpster what did you think about solo and von wagner kind of really developing a feud here which probably will blow out down the road so this match like the entire show had like for me a 90s kind of vibe to it because the hill turn for me was very 90s in terms of like oh no shocking turn on the partner this match was very 90s i feel like i was watching um Primetime wrestling. I thought I was watching uh, the Berserker uh, versus one of the head shrinkers in that ring. Because uh, how the match ended is very much 90s. And when I grew up watching superstars, that could potentially happen. Uh, I wrote down as a hoss fight between two second generation wrestlers because, yeah, Von Wagner is a second generation wrestler. He's a Beverly. He's a Beverly. If Beverly brothers mean anything to you. And so does Sokol, who knows his daddy is, and his big quiche. Um, the question I put down was can Von Wagner hang in the ring? Has he progressed? This was Von Wagner's biggest test in the ring. But he wrestles like a lumbering and plodding big man. So early in the match, it was lumbering and plodding. If you grew up in the 90s, you're used to it. But in the 21st century, the pacing of the match has sped up. So people find that boring. So when Solo took over, that's when the match got exciting. Because Solo can go on second and third gear. So the match got exciting when he did his comeback. So that's when I enjoyed it. So the hip attacks and all all the Samoan drops, all the great... um, signature moves that he does made the match more interesting towards the end. 
all solo. Von Wagner, you know what? He does the bare minimum that gets the job done in the ring. I mean, he understands the assignment. I'm not Brian Cage. I'm not going to do flippy dives. I'm not Mike Awesome. I'm not going to do dive outside the ring. Vince likes my things. My feet's on the floor. So that's I'm going to wrestle. So that's what I got from that match. Uh, he still yawn Wagner. That's what I put down. Yawn. And when he talks, yawn. But he's going to get pushed. This is your feature like Money in the Bank winner probably next year. Oh, please no. Please yes, no. Yes. Oh, Jesus. It should be Braun Breaker, but they're going to go with Yawn Wagner. Yawn yeah. Wagner, indeed. Uh, we see one of my favorites, obviously, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. They're at the Eden Club uh, walking out with four ladies in their arms. They talk about their individual wins at the Great American Bash. Hayes says that let he, let's take the ladies to the penthouse. So we sh- they show up on the penthouse, uh, and Trick says, uh, just stay by Trick and Mello, and we will take you, to, take you places. Everywhere the where the sun where the sun shines is yours. Uh, Hayes says that they are like Kobe and Shaq. They are like Pac and Snoop. We are the dream team for real. One of the girls brings up them having a jacuzzi, which moves the party over to the jacuzzi. And then Hayes says that let's let's do a toast in the jacuzzi for the A champion after another another uh, successful title defense. And uh, this is just the celebration following up from last week. We didn't see any type of development as far as who's next for Carmelo Hayes. But this was nice to kind of further develop their characters. They are, like we said before, they are the Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett of NXT 2.0. When in the jacuzzi, I was like, where's Paul Levesque? He's got a history of being in jacuzzis where he shouldn't be. I was proper waiting for Paul Levesque to pop up and be in the picture and do this, but it didn't happen. It, it, it was a nice break for the guys, a little celebratory, you know, segment for, for the guys, which they deserve. They both had victories coming out of Great American Bash. And like yourself, I'm looking forward who, to who the next challenger is. But I'm kind of now starting to realize if they don't bring back um, Ben Carter, because I forgot what his character name is, they're kind of short on the babyface side for the North American title scene. I just know it's Frazier. There you Nathan go. Frazier. That's the basic ass name. I'm still waiting for the second half of the segment they're meant to do. They promised me, kind of like that, it's going to be icons. Out. It's been, Where's it's Lex been two weeks. <laughs> Where's they, Lex Luger icons? Where is Nathan Frazier's backstory? They yeah, forgot cause, about it. Dude, because all of a sudden, you know, a certain person that's been lost has been found. They're like, ah, oh, I forgot. We're, let's forget Nathan Frazier for now. Now nah, I have to be like, where's Nathan? Nah, I don't care. Uh, we do need more baby faces for uh, Mello to face because I'm starting to think now in my head, which mid-card guy is next? I mean, it should be Solo, but for some inexplicable reason, they went, yawn, uh, <laughs> let's give you something to do. It should be, it should be Solo think, right now. I think it's because they have a month before they get to uh, the next special. So I think they're going to do, you know, Vaughn, Yon versus Solo to determine who versus Carmelo Hayes. That's probably what they plan on doing. The only person that needs two, like, managers and valet, what, he, what does he think he is? Yokozuna? Yokozuna had, because he's a spectacle. This guy needs two mouthpieces and he still talks. 
defeats the purpose, guys. Horrible. Uh, we had a quick segment where uh, Wade and Vic kicked it over to the Chase U road trip to London, England. That was set up last week. We see Andre Chase and Bodie Haywood and Dea Hale uh, sightseeing in London. Chase tells Haywood that uh, they will be that he will be knighted in England, and they hang the Chase U flag from the gates of the Queen. Chase uh, curses out a student for saying that Chase U is the seventh best university university in his speech. I mean, that joke is getting very old very quickly. Um, but otherwise, this was this was fine. How long has it been since he's done a rant? I mean, no, while, he right? did a rant last week. He did it last week when they set up this London thing. See, this is what happened. I must have went to the bathroom when that happened, guys. Yikes. Don't worry. It's understandable. It's understandable to use the bathroom when Chase U has a backstage segment. No, I actually when, la- no, when no, Jan no, Wagner is on the screen. Oh, when when Young Wagner's on the screen, I'm glued to see how he's going to be underwhelming. (laughs) And he continues to be underwhelming. I feel like that's his character. I actually enjoy it because he's so mediocre. It's almost entertaining. Because, you know, it's like, Bron Breaker is clearly the standout. But I can still see Vince being, look at the guy's height. (laughs) Young Breaker. He's so tall. He's so tall. What's the name? Nah, he is Young Beverly. Give him a Beverly Bro. No, he Give won't. Me genius. He won't do it. Give me... I know. He won't do I know. It. He He's doesn't do. He doesn't do nicknames. He doesn't do last names. Uh, also, wasn't it very King Kong and Godzilla? Them just fighting, continuing fighting solo and uh, Von Wagner. It's like King Kong and Godzilla breaking everything. I find that funny. Pretty much. Pretty much. Just Next, we go backstage and we see a Lash Legend dribbling a basketball, talking trash to Indy Hartwell. Legend says she will do uh, what she did to the ball to Indy in the ring. Lash rolls the ball away and a red baseball bat stops it. I wonder who that can be. Uh, Lash Legend versus Indy Hartwell is next. Legend gains control by using her power and grounding Hartwell. Uh, Alba Fire is seen with Legend's basketball at the Bird's uh, position and there's fire all over the screen so you know Alba's here uh, distracting Lash which causes Indy to hit a spine buster. She then tries to follow with the springboard elbow drop but slips off the top rope Oh my lord, uh, Lash covers Indy, but Hartwell somehow reverses it into a cradle for the win. I thought I thought this was a very sloppy match with a botch finish, and I think this would have been the most talked about botch of this show if it wasn't for the ending of the show. Uh, post-match, Alba Fire is on the apron, points her bat at Lash Legend before chasing her off by swinging the bat at her. What did you think, oh. Seth? Poor Indy. SB3 has defeated her confidence. This is the person you said should be called up just a couple of weeks ago. And I told you a couple of weeks ago that, no, she's not ready yet. She's not ready yet. And she keeps moving me right. I cursed her. It's my fault. Indy, I'm yep. so sorry. I, I highlighted that I thought you should be in the main roster. should be R-Truth second in the 24-7 title chase. And then SB3 broke down your game, exposed a few holes in your game. And since then... The holes continue to get bigger, like the Grand Canyon. And what for me sucks is you know that that was meant to be the finish of the match. It was meant to be a spectacular finish. Even though Lash got distracted, it still would have been more decisive than what she ended up doing. She ended up doing a fluke win. There's a difference between doing your finisher and a fluke pin. But 
like a like a like a veteran, Lash did well to cover it, and then they were able to come up with something because it didn't linger for too long. Yeah, it happened, and the fact they didn't replay it even goes to show you it wasn't part of the plan. Because like, we're like, no, it's part of the plan. Look, look, look what happened. She she pinned it. You know, she did the she did the thing. Uh, no, uh, that didn't happen. I was sad that that happened to Indy. I hope that she can recover from this botch. But at least she won. But knowing uh, NXT or WWE's logic, we may have another rematch, maybe. they now starting to make Indy kind of irrelevant because she's now a, uh, a, a, a third wheel in someone else's storyline. That's not great. She's, she's a great character. In the ring, I can't talk great about her in-ring skills anymore because she's embarrassed me a little bit. Girl. But... She's she's got character, guys, and she can always improve in the ring. You know, she's you know, it's Indy. She's a former women's champion, tag team. Champion. I, I I like Indy, but yeah, that 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 match that match was the worst thing on the show. I wanted uh, to it become was... NXT champion, and now SP Freeze is allowed me out the door. He's like Nikita's getting the title, Sap. Nikita's getting the title. I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> we go. Uh, we had a back. We had. Uh, we saw the scan here barcode once again. I didn't scan the barcode once again. I'm sure it was some type of numbers once again, but I didn't care to scan it this week. Let us know in the comments. I'll highlight your comment in the live chat if you did scan the barcode. Um, but after that, we see uh, Mackenzie is interviewing the D'Angelo family. Mackenzie asks if Electra Lopez knows who attacked Roxanne Perez. Tony D interrupts and says that uh, Lopez has been a valuable asset for the D'Angelo family. So now it's on Del Toro and Wild to prove themselves tonight. And that leads us to our tag team matchup of Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus Idris Anofe and Malik Blade. Commentary say that uh, Santos Escobar has been discharged from the hospital after last week. I don't know if you saw this part of last week's show, but Santos did not look like he was attacked. He looked like he was sick in a hospital hospital bed so yeah i, I don't know i don't know maybe I, he I got maybe he got the 19 i don't know uh tony d and stacks uh isolate and no until he makes the hot tag to blade malik comes in running wild on both men tony d pushes a no into the steel steps on the floor while stacks uh drops blade with a stun gun on the turnbuckle tony d then follows up with the swinging neck breaker for the win another very basic tag team match on this very basic night of professional wrestling on this show. Like, I, I, I think I've only said one of the only like two and a half, uh, like one and a half matches has been good on this show. Post-match, Tony D orders Del Toro involved to attack Blade and, uh, and Anofe, and they hit Blade with the Russian Lake Sweet sidekick combo. So they have proven themselves to the D'Angelo family. What did you think? I feel like uh, Michael Hickenbottom must have realized that he's rushed through the storyline. So they needed to buy some more time. So they made up this story about beating up Santos Escobar. Sure. If I don't see the footage, it never happened. So by doing that, they're prolonging the inevitable, which is the Jefe de Jefe, Santos Escobar, returning to screw over Tony D again. What I don't understand is, my math shows me that there's more Legado members in the family than there is family members. They can easily whip their uh, Keiko. <laughs> they can easily whip their butt. They can easily just whip their butt. Hey, 
Electro can take all both of them on at the same time and whip both of their butts. So I don't understand why they're all being cowering and stuff like that. Like I don't understand that. I feel like probably Santos tripped, you know, come out of the shower and they, they took advantage and say, Yeah, we did that to him. He's probably being clumsy. That's why he's in the hospital doing this. <laughs> I'm fine, guys. It's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. So just... yeah. Like we know where this storyline's heading. We know where it's going. So it comes to a point where it's kind of like can we rush this storyline quickly, guys? Can we rush through this? Because this is a storyline I don't really care for because it's kind of like it reached its peak a long time ago. It reached its peak as the match was happening of who loses goes to each other's uh, organization. Yeah, like that's why that stipulation never made sense because the blow off of this was the six man tag. And all the stipulation did was try to continue this on when it didn't need to continue. They just needed to go their separate ways after this. But it is what it is. Maybe we get the Santos Escobar official baby face turn because it looks like Del Toro, Wild, and Lopez are going to turn on him. Oh, especially Electro, man. I think she's liking this yeah. whatever role that she's been given. So she's going to major guns it and uh, turn on her own team and stay in the Team Canada-esque Tony D'Angelo organization. If you're a WCW fan, New Blood era, you get the reference. If you're younger, past the age of 2001 and two, what the heck am I talking about? Go on the WWE Network in the UK or Peacock, wherever you are. But... The final thing to touch on on this show is the thing you've been waiting to say, Sat. So say the line that you always say, but now you can say he has been what? A kid has been found. Guys, after months of searching and looking, it turns out a kid has been in witness protection. But for his safety, he can no longer show his face. So a kid has become an axiom. What is an axiom, you ask? It is when your face is covered. <laughs> it's an axiom, sure. guys. A kid's been found, guys. A kid's been found, guys. A kid has been found. I'm so happy. I was going to make a Madeline McCann joke, but it's going to be tasteless. But a kid has been found. He's not an axiom, whatever axiom is. Whatever it is. But he's going to debut. Axiom is going to debut next week. Apparently, his character is Sheldon from uh, Big Bang Theory because Tempest hates Big Bang Theory. And uh, he uses mathematics to be a great technical wrestler. Can I ask you something? What did you think of his mask? thought it was very, um, very Fiego del Sol. Was more like Serpentico. That's it, yeah. Probably more Serpentico. You're actually right. You're actually right. Because at least you can see Fuego. This guy, you can always see the outline or the shape of his face. Was he a black noir if you watch the boys? Like, I, I like if they gave him a great mask, that mask just didn't do it for me because they, 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 they had the whole symbol thing, and then you can't be really see the I guess because he's anonymous, he's an axiom. But guys, forget all of that. A kid has been found. Let's all rejoice. Let's all hold hands, kumbaya, and sing songs of celebration because a kid has been found. No, not in NXT UK, in NXT 2.0, where it actually counts. Our, our milk cartons and your work, viewers, has worked because a kid has been found and he's become an axiom that debate debuts next week. But we got to get you an axiom. Axiom, axiom, who cares? No, um, I mean, I'm saying that you're whatever it is, you're an axiom. 
I'm an Axiom. We got it. We got to get into your Mocha chats to close off this edition of the Mocha 2.0 podcast. But let's put our thumbs in the middle, Sat, for this edition of NXT 2.0 in three, two, one. Thumbs all the way down. This is the worst episode that I've seen in weeks. This is the they're usually right. Smackdown in the middle and last week was Smackdown in the middle where the first half of the first hour of the show really was inconsequential and the second hour of the show was actually good when you had Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller and the main event with Braun Breaker and Cameron Grimes but this show was not good and it's usually how you leave them and how they left us was with one of the worst illogical endings in NXT 2.0 history but it was good car crash TV, guys. He may say it was bad, but this is the most buzz NXT has gotten in a while. No publicity is bad publicity. Heck, it's the most I saw Twitter talk about NXT stuff. I was like, wow, man. This is how it feels like to be on the podcast where things happen and people might actually tune in and see things. Wow, I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, man, it was trash, but all for the right reasons. You know what it was? It was too many matches for a show that's an hour and a half. It's just too many matches, and most of them... They have any finishes but it was an adhd booking uh no that is a bad thing you know my attention sometimes suffers you guys can tell uh but um it'll be the explanation next week that cora has that can make or break this storyline because i know how it started off people making fun of it but i I enjoyed it for the wrong reason like i'm saying it it, it was so bad that it was good it titillated the pleasures the guilty pleasures this did this whole thing. I, I enjoyed it. It titillated, but the juices of my guilty pleasure. NXT 2.0 is a lot of people's guilty pleasure or hate watch, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, I I it is where it is. And I can't wait to see next week because now I'm I don't want to tune in and be like, why? Why we get paid because we have to tune in. But I do I am genuinely curious. And Axiom is coming, guys. And Axiom. There you go. We got a reason to watch because it's Axiom. Set. Let's get into what the people had to say about this edition of NXT 2.0. Actually, before I do that, I want you guys to hold on for a second. Time for me to thank the mods before I forget. You know, they are the people in the chat, the man behind the curtain, man and woman behind the curtain. They're the reason why the ship is steered correctly. There's a reason why the chat is so positive. So time for me to thank the mods, the blue wench order. So it's time for Sats. NSP Freeze, Mod Rockall. So shout out to Mod Brother Bubba, aka Paul. Shout out to Mod Brother Andy. And shout out to the motherest of all mods. Mod Mother Jenna, we love you. You're still house moving. I uh, hope your house moves. No, I think she's well. all done. She's all done. Congratulations. Congratulations, oh, oh, Mama. Wikipedia is a different. I have to update her Wikipedia entry now. Mod Mother's house has everything it needs. She's all settled in. She's all cozy. She's all watching Sat, making sure I don't swear. She's like, swear, y'all. Say it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah, thank you I, ju- I just want to say, my Mother, my only curse was someone's line on NXT 2.0 that I just repeated. That was the only thing I said today. Because he's an ace hole and a hammerhead. I'm going to hammer it home, guys. I don't care if it hurts your feelings. He's got a hammerhead. When I look at him, I'm like, gosh darn it. <laughs> look at that head and body ratio.
swiftly Go ahead. smoke that. Yes. <laughs> so we have Mayor of Painesville, friend of the podcast, Mayor of Painesville, Dan. He says, this is the worst heel turn I have ever seen. The timing, the acting job, the execution, the timing, starve the ego, feed the soul. Well, I guess not. Corey Jade, if that was even your real name, I have no space to go into full detail. But this is stupid. One of your greatest mocha chats that you've ever said, Mayor Faceville Dan. Mayor Faceville Dan is one of my favorites in the live chat with the mocha chats on Twitter. And that is one of your best mocha chats ever. Yeah, I hope I did the reading. I did you proud of reading the way I did, man, because Mayor Painesville is one of the most loveliest guys. Charitable donator. Be more like Dan. We love you, Dan. Mayor Painesville. I named this room after you. This is the Mayor Painesville room where I am. My partner doesn't know, but he's going to argue with me. Why did I name it? But Mayor Painesville, he's funded with the Mocha Chats, the supplies that I have in my life. On to the next Mocha Chat. We have Devin Mercer. Devin says, do you think the NXT Women's Tag Team title would disappear now, SP? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any faith in it because the only tag team outside of Toxic Attraction is Caden and Katana, who have been booked like losers for a good two years now. So if those are the only two teams, maybe Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley are going to be the next NXT Women's Tag Team Champions, but we are fairly quickly running out of tag teams, but at least it's better than the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. There you go. We've got a tag team that's unproven. Put the title on them so no one can complain because they haven't really done much. Learn on the job. Uh, we have a next chat donation here from Tails P. Cora drove the Hummer. She did it for the Rose. She this did was- it. <laughs> I love it. Tails P, you are a person after our own hearts. These are the references I live for. Continuing what uh, Tells P wrote. What if the Prophets win the tag titles, then Ford attacks Dawkin with a cup that's disintegrated in his hand? Who are the faces in the women's division? That's a great, that was a great one. That was a great, the, the cup explodes in his hand like he's Chris Jericho trying to crack a bottle over CM Punk. <laughs> Oh, oh man, people don't understand how bad this heel turn was. My my significant other that barely watches NXT, she was just she just the only thing she said after that was that was stupid. <laughs> and, and that's why uh Cora just start whacking it over and over again. The frustration of like that broke. And then you know what? At least she she hit her over and over again. Cause if she didn't do that, it would look even more weak. She had to like try and distract. You're not gonna remember this gift, this moment, gift this moment i hit my head anyway next chat here we have non-stop goose don't watch nxt but i love sat sp3 and mocha wednesdays much love i would like to see cameron grimes in a good angle but unfortunately he's probably getting paired with gacy 
I, I mean, that might be next after he loses. I know he's going to lose to McDonough next week to set up McDonough to verse Braun Breaker, but yeah, the thought might be a feud with Joe Gacy. No, 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 no. A Mopey Cameron Grimes versus Joe Gacy in his current formation sounds like a recipe to jump off a ground floor balcony. Grimes joining the schism. Yes. Yes, join the schism. The only negative side is it keeps him in NXT longer. I think he's main roster ready, either that or giving an NXT title. I feel like we could be on a journey, but we're not. He's going to lose next weekend, my fate to obscurity. So yes, that uh, we we discussed that awful, awful show. Was I, it? I, I, I go by the terminology that Vince always says. It's how you leave them. It's how you leave them. And if it if the ending is awful, then the whole show was awful. So what? That's why, that's why the whole show was awful to me. Uh, but yes, uh, what do you got? What do you got set for the rest of the weeks? Uh, so I've got some stuff, you know, some daddy stuff to do, take care of my child, daddy time, because I always feel guilty when you go to work and you come home, you got less amount of time. Mommy's had all that time to brainwash the child. So you have to go in there and be like, hey, love me too. I may have no boobs, but I'll buy you things. I'll buy your happiness. I'll buy your education. But love comes more from money. I'll learn that eventually one day. I'm just going to mess her up and make a spoil. Daddy's little principetcha. Yes, daddy's. I'm, I'm pretty sure the heart sign is really uh, you know, a dollar sign. Like that's that's what that's what love always does to me. Like when my parents gave me allowance, that's when I felt the most love by them. You got an allowance? I got an allowance, man, but it was under 10, 10, 10 quid, man. It, it was chump change. I got that too when I was when I was a kid. It was mostly from my dad because he, he didn't I didn't live with him. So when I saw him, he was like, oh, I still love you. Here's some allowance. Oh, well, you, <laughs> you, you recently find out I've got daddy issues. I don't have a piece of crap for a sperm donor. <laughs> I call it sperm donor. I don't have a father. I got a sperm donor who hung around for 12 years. And then uh, we, we, we all booted him out like Big Brother. We all vote. <laughs> Get the heck out. It was like Survivor. We vote him off the island. Um, it legit happened. Yes. He, he, he tried to pipe up because y'all gotta need me. Oh, he's like, don't make me leave. Yeah, just get the heck out. That's what legit happened. It's it's like the real world house when they when they have to you know kick people out and stuff. That's how it usually works. But yes, um, the rest of the week I think I'm gonna go try to go see Thor. Uh, you know, love. I'm and so thunder. sorry. I should have. You're waiting. For, I'm so sorry. You asked me and I didn't ask you. I'm so effing rude. You, okay, love and thunder. Go for it. I got backstory for that as well. Oh boy. I mean, I'm. I want to go see it. That's. Uh, I just want to go see it because I. I really. That's one of the rare times I go to the movie theaters is when a Marvel film is out or a main superhero movie because I saw a Batman this year. Um, none of the other DC films is worth me going to. The we movie need to theater. I wait Batman. till they. I, I wait till they come out on like you know Netflix and whatever uh, streaming service there is. But yes, you have a backstory on Thor: Love and Thunder. No, the, the previous one. Mine and my significant others. First date was to watch Ragnarok. That's a good time. 
That's a good time. You're laughing, joking. That's really cool. That's actually cool. And feeling on something, which is their shoulder, you sick punks. I don't know where you're going with your mind. Because, <laughs> you know, you're in the cinema. You're still in early stages. So feeling her shoulder. We actually, what, did I already? You already got it on. I was feeling a lot of things. Love in my heart. Again, you sick people. Uh, Ragnarok poster is actually my, in my place to signify an important piece of my life. So wow. I can't wait to watch the film. Yeah. But obviously I got a baby right now. Kind of, you know, I always used the C word, but she is, she is something blocking us from going to the cinema. <laughs> She's cinema blocking. She's cinema blocking. There you go. There's the CV. Um, the first movie, one of the first movies that me and my missus saw was Spider-Man. Uh, what was the one before No Way Home? Uh, Far From Home. That's that's oh. the one we saw. We saw that in the movie theater. Before that, the first movie we ever saw together in the theater was Toy Story 4, which I, I might get in trouble with some people. It's the best Toy Story movie in my Is that the one where Andy, uh, not Andy, Woody, is he gets kidnapped? The, the, the fork one, Spork, the Spork one. Exactly. I went cinema to that. is a goat. Forky is a goat. Like, like <laughs> you need to understand. All, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, it's really about Andy. Although they focus on the toys, it's really about Andy and how he grows up, how he has his love for, you know, Buzz over Woody in the first one. Second one is losing um, losing Woody and stuff and how he really appreciates Woody. And then the third one is about him growing up. This is the first Toy Story movie that is actually about the toys. It's actually about Woody and how Woody grows up and Woody grows and evolves. That's why I love Toy Story 4. I watched that with my goddaughters. Me, me and my significant others. It was like my first time my significant others trying to bond with my goddaughters. So we went to watch that. And I like the kid with it, the evil Knievel character, him and his tragic backstory. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, he's... And the... And the villain, the 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 doll, which she does a baby face turn. You know, spoiler alert for a movie that came out three years ago. But spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> she she makes the baby face turn in the end. She was a very effective uh, heel in it. I don't know if she's as good as of a heel as the bear in part three, but quality stuff. I think the only Toy Story that really goes head to head with that is maybe three, maybe two. One is a little outdated, but. That's how I rank. I, I got Toy Story 4. You can put 3 and 2 interchangeable. And then 1 is last, actually, at this point. I love SB. 1. There's so much we could talk about. I feel like wrestling waste potential what we could actually talk about in real life. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of money on the table. The way you're booking Toy Story films, I'm loving. The way he's booking the territory and then the way he breaks <laughs> it down. I love this guy. Like, that's why when he did his anniversary, I know we're meant to... Oh, oh we're starting soon. Anyway, happy anniversary to SP3. He paved Thank the way for, for a person like me to do his show. And then, yeah, he's an interesting guy. I said it. He's better. Than, he's more than wrestling. We could talk about anything, even music. Man, one day. Just saying one, one day. day. He's got, he's one got day. Maybe... Maybe next week on our intro and outro, but that is all for the Mocha 2.0 edition of the Russell Talk podcast. Until next Wednesday, that's Eddie. I'm SP3, and we are out of here.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.